0: One dollar and eighty-seven cents. That was all. And sixty cents of it was in pennies. Pennies saved one and two at a time by bulldozing the grocer and the vegetable man and the butcher until one's cheeks burned in embarrassment at the miserly implications of such pinching. Three times Della counted it.
1: One dollar and eighty-seven cents. And tomorrow is Christmas. Sally, what should I do? I can't buy Jim a decent present with this.
0: Jim doesn't expect a fine present, Della. You know that.
1: But I want to give him something special. He deserves it, Sally. He works so hard. And I try to make ends meet to help out. But it seems sometimes that the harder we work, the worse things get. Don't cry, Della. Please.
0: (laughs) In such situations, one is bent to feel that life is a composition of sobs, sniffles, and smiles, with sniffles predominating.
1: I've been saving every penny I could for months. But $20 a week doesn't go far. And our expenses have been greater than we'd expected.
0: They, they often are, I'm afraid, at the most inconvenient times. Look, don't worry, Della. You'll think of something. I mean, life always provides an answer.
1: But I had my heart set on getting Jim something special. Something just a little bit near to being worthy of the honor of being owned by
0: him. <laughs> That's very sweet. Impractical, perhaps, given your circumstances, but still sweet. Well, then, I'll simply
1: have to sell something.
0: What could you possibly sell? I mean, do you have any jewelry?
1: No. Silver? Silver?
0: None. Hmm. While the mistress of the home and her neighbor are contemplating the market value of any saleable goods, let's take a very brief look at Della and Jim's living quarters. A shabbily furnished flat at $8 per week. Hmm. So much for that. In the hallway downstairs was a letterbox into which no letter would go and an electric button from which no mortal finger could coax a ring with a card just above bearing the name Mr. James Dillingham Young. The Dillingham had been flung to the breeze during a former period of prosperity when James was being paid $30 a week. Now that their income had shrunk to $20, they were thinking of contracting the Dillingham to a more modest and unassuming D. But whenever Mr. James Dillingham Young came home, He was called Jim and greatly hugged by Mrs. James Dillingham Young, already introduced as Della.
1: Nothing. It's hopeless, Sally. Like I said before,
0: Della, I don't believe that Jim wants anything special for Christmas anyway. He's a content man, happy with the beautiful wife he has.
1: Della? Sally, perhaps there is one thing. What about my hair?
0: Now there were two possessions of the James Dillingham Youngs in which they both took a mighty pride. One was Jim's gold watch that was his father's, and before that, his grandfather's. The other was Della's hair. So valued were these simple treasures that King Solomon and the Queen of Sheba would have been mossy green with envy at the very thought of them. So now, Della's beautiful hair fell about her, rippling and shining like a cascade of brown waters. It reached below her knee and made itself almost a garment for her. Your hair? Della, you couldn't! Why, Why Jim loves your hair more than anything you could buy with the money you'd make from it. But it would grow back,
1: and the gift of selling it would be equal to the gift I'd buy with the money I made. So Jim would have two presents. Oh, Della. My mind's made up, Sally. This is what I need to do.
0: Steeled against the difficult task before her, Della gathered her hair up again nervously and quickly. She faltered for a minute and stood still while a parting tear or two splashed on the worn red carpet. On went her old brown jacket, on went her old brown hat. Sally's continuing arguments fell on deaf ears. The course was set. With a whirl of skirts and the brilliant sparkle still in her eyes, Della fluttered out the door, hugged her neighbor farewell, and traipsed down the stairs to the street. Three blocks, one slip, a near fall, and a thousand goosebumps for lack of a decent coat. Later, Della arrived at a mean-looking little storefront.
1: Oh, Madame Sophrony, hair goods of all kinds. Well, best to just get on with it. Oh. Hello? Excuse me?
0: The room looked like an assembly of rat's nests. Otherwise, it was vacant. Until, that is, Madame emerged. Large, too white, chilly.
1: Yes? Oh. Um, do you purchase hair? It says hair goods on the door, doesn't it? Uh, yes, I'm sorry. Um, I was wondering, well, I... Speak up, girl. I'm getting greyer by the minute. Oh. Uh, Will you buy my hair? Short of cash for Christmas, eh? Take your hat off and let's have a sight at the looks of it. Uh, Yes, ma'am. Hmm, scissors haven't seen these wavy locks in many a year. Hmm. hmm, well, $20. Give it to me quick.
0: Within minutes, years of loving care and grooming were cut and bagged for another rat's nest. Della walked out of Madame Sofreny's with a much looser hat and $20 with which to purchase a gift for her love. Oh, and the next two hours tripped by on rosy wings. Forget the hashed metaphor. She was ransacking the stores for Jim's present. May I help you?
1: Yes, I'm searching for a fob for my husband's watch, but it has to be perfect.
2: Of course, what sort of watch is it?
1: It's a gold watch, an heirloom. It was his father's and his grandfather's before him. Ah. The fob must be as grand as the watch itself, you see. I've turned every store inside out and not found the one to match it yet.
2: I see. What sort of fob does he employ at present?
1: Well, just an old leather strap, I'm afraid. We've not been able to afford a proper fob before.
2: Yes, the times are difficult, aren't they? Well, I do have a wonderful fob. It's a platinum chain, simple and pure in design. Here it is. See, it's not extravagantly ornamented. The value of this piece is its substance. In my estimation, anything of real value doesn't need overblown decoration.
1: this is it. This must be Jim's.
2: It's the only one of its kind.
1: Like Jim. This fob was made for him.
2: Is it worthy of the watch? Oh, yes. It does come dear. Twenty-one dollars, I'm afraid. I'll take it. Very good, ma'am. You must have sacrificed a great deal to be able to afford this wonderful gift for your husband. He'll be so delighted.
1: I hope so.
0: Della hurried home with her grand gift and the remaining eighty-seven cents. At seven o'clock, the coffee was made and the frying pan was on the back of the stove, hot and ready to cook the evening chops. Jim was never late. Della clutched the fob chain in her hand and sat on the corner of the table near the door. When she heard his step on the stair down on the first flight, she turned white for just a moment. She had a habit of saying a little silent prayer about the simplest everyday things, and now she whispered,
1: Please God, make Jim think I'm still pretty.
0: The door opened and Jim stepped in and closed it. He looked thin and very serious. When his eyes fixed upon his bride, hair cropped like a Coney Island chorus girl, he stopped, as immovable as a setter at the scent of quail. There was an expression on his face that she could not read and it terrified her. It was not anger, nor surprise, nor disapproval, nor horror, nor any of the sentiments that she had been prepared for. He simply stared at her fixedly with a very peculiar expression. Della?
1: Jim, darling. Jim, don't look at me that way.
2: Uh, But what happened to your hair?
1: I cut it off.
2: You've cut off your hair?
1: cut it off, and sold it. Why? Because I couldn't have lived through Christmas without giving you a present, that's why. I just had to do it. It'll grow out again. My hair always grows awfully fast. Don't you like me just as well, anyhow? I'm me without my hair, ain't I?
2: You say your hair is gone?
1: Well, you needn't look for it. It's sold. Sold and gone. It's Christmas Eve. Be good to me, because I did it for you. Now, say Merry Christmas, Jim, and let's be happy. You don't know what a nice, what a beautiful, nice gift I've got for you. All right? Now, are you hungry? Shall I put the chops on? Jim?
0: After this very awkward Christmas prelude, Jim finally seemed to wake from his trance. His face quickly warmed, and he embraced his Della. Della, I'm sorry.
2: You look beautiful. I do? Of course. I don't think there's anything in the way of a haircut, or a shampoo, or a shave that can make me love you any less.
1: Then what is it?
2: Well, if you'll unwrap this package, you'll see why I reacted a bit.
1: You bought me a Christmas present? But how... Maybe you'll see. It's... Oh, Jim. Oh... No, no,
0: Del. Del, shh. Come on. Why the extravagant emotion? For there, in Della's hand lay the combs. The set of combs, side and back, that Della had ached for these past many years. Beautiful combs, pure tortoiseshell, with jeweled rims, just the shade to wear in her beautiful, vanished hair. They were expensive combs, she knew, and her heart had simply craved and yearned over them without the least hope of possession. And now they were hers, But the hair that should have been adorned by the coveted adornments was gone now you understand
1: (laughs) yes oh jim they're beautiful i love them and my hair grows so fast in just a few years i'll be able to oh but you haven't seen your present yet (laughs) james dillingham young a merry christmas to you
0: Della held the glorious chain, the gift that cost her Nazarite vow, out to Jim, eagerly upon her open palm. The dull precious metal seemed to flash with a reflection of Della's bright and ardent spirit.
1: Isn't it a dandy, darling? <laughs> I hunted all over town to find it. I know you've been a bit embarrassed about your leather fob. Now you won't have to be anxious about the time. You can show off your watch like it deserves. Put it on. Let's see how it looks. (laughs) Uh, Jim? What?
2: (laughs) What's gotten into you? (laughs) Del, why don't we put our Christmas gifts away and keep them a while? They're too nice to use, just a present.
1: Don't you like the fob, Jim?
2: I love it. It's only that, I sold the watch to get the money to buy your combs. <laughs> <laughs> <I don't tell. laughs> and now suppose you put the chops on?
0: <laughs> <laughs> the Magi, as you know, were wise men. Wonderfully wise men who brought gifts to the babe in the manger. They invented the art of giving Christmas presents. Being wise, their gifts were no doubt wise ones, possibly even allowing for exchange in case of duplication. And here I have lamely related to you the uneventful chronicle of two foolish children. Who most unwisely sacrificed for each other the greatest treasures of their house. But in a last word to the wise of these days, let it be said that of all who give gifts, these two were the wisest. Of all who give and receive gifts, such as they are the wisest. Everywhere they are wisest. They are the Magi.